In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Betches Media presents... Chrissy Teigen referred to Donald Trump as a pussy-ass bitch. Look, he's a sick puppy. He, he, shouldn't, be, he shouldn't be there. Well, I lost half a day of skiing. I'm going to punch him out and I'm going to go to jail. I'm going to be happy. The Betches Up Podcast. A speaker has not been elected. Hello, hello, hello. This is the Veggie Up Podcast, where C-SPAN meets the group chat to help you process and laugh at the biggest topics in U.S. news and politics. Had to start us off while we were still giggling, because that is mm-hmm. the Labor Day mood. I am Amanda Duberman, a news director at Betches. I'm Elise Morales, a comedian and writer of the Betches Up newsletter. I'm Billy Tamaris, comedian and sub-video contributor. Welcome back on this Tuesday episode. It's been a minute since the three of us. Remember, remember in the olden days when we did Tuesdays and Thursdays? We're back on I Tuesdays know. to make yeah. up for yesterday, which you would have noticed had no episode. It was Labor Day or honestly, it was Beyonce's birthday. It was Labor Day. <laughs> yeah. It was Labor Day. I think it, I think it works because, you know, she does tell us to leave our jobs. So it made sense whether you celebrate Labor Day or Beyonce's birthday or you just note it as the end of summer. Did it feel like it was giving end of summer? Does summer feel over to you guys? No, it's hot as hell in New York. It's, so fucking hot. it's yeah. like 90 degrees. All week. We had a couple like kind of cool days, which was very nice um, because I was on vacation in Florida, which was lovely, but it was hot as really, really hot down there. Um, And there was a hurricane, but we didn't really get affected by that. (laughs) (laughs) We ended up being DeSantis, it seems. Yeah. No, but um, I was I was in his land and it was quite hot. And then we came back and it was like cool. And I was like, this is amazing. And now it's just absolutely scorching hot again. Um, but I feel like I have a back to school. I feel like September always brings a back to school energy, like to me personally, but, um, the vibes outside are still very much summer. I'm like, the summer went by so fast. I can't believe it's over. I like, I feel like I didn't even get to go to this. I'm just like running around. But then, yeah, like usually the first dog walk, if I don't walk my dog, at midnight or 11 before I go to bed, I have to wake up a little earlier um, and walk him. And I'll usually do that, like roll out of bed, no bra, just walk around the block. And these past few days I've been doing that and the titties have been sweating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> That's the barometer for when when it's really hot. Titty we sweat. know climate change. Ap- I mean... Absolutely. Somebody should have like a, a titty sweat meter. That should yeah. be the weather report on a Get on a that Amanda Seyfried <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> in Mean Girls. Uh-huh. It's 100% hot by squeezing her boobs. If what? water comes out when you squeeze your boobs. Oh, God, that's too hot. That is too hot. So, yes, if you want to catch a glimpse of Millie Tamara's nipping out, then go, go over to Bushwick. 
in the early morning at 7 a.m and i really should stop doing that because i have some hot neighbors and it's no it's no bueno to see the the hottest man you've ever seen in your i do live in the same building as some models and of course of course when i look good going out never see them brooklyn's crazy because i have fallen in love with every person i've seen in brooklyn it's crazy like it's just different everybody's so beautiful they've got such a vibe about them they're on they're on a bike they're drinking a kombucha they made themselves i have fallen in love with 1200 people in the past in the past month yeah yeah i mean thank god you're married amanda because yeah, you don't truly. know the, you don't know the pain of of falling in love with all these people would reject me yeah yeah well they wouldn't but they would also <laughs> leave their helmet at your house after they missed <laughs> you and then come back and get it yes yes <laughs> I saw a perfect, I sent this to Millie, but I saw a perfect Gen Z specimen on the train. She was like, (laughs) I I don't post pictures of random strangers, so I just sent it to Millie. But she was like, very tiny, little wolf cut, septum piercing, Mm -hmm. a lot of little tiny like ink blot tattoos. And then she had on um, pink Crocs with like frilly socks that fold over like leg warmers too. Yeah, little they were like frilly socks that folded over, and then her shirt, her shirt was like in fake college letters, and it said anal, <gasps> and then un- under it it said absolutely needs a lobotomy, and I was like, <gasps> you're per- you're perfect, <laughs> and you have the the world is your oyster. I can tell you're nineteen twenty. That everything is ahead of you, and God bless you. I'm your mom but it's now. It's funny because these are these are the people that Fox News will talk about, and will be like, "That person doesn't exist, honey. She does. She's on the train. Yeah, they, she's they on are, the M. They are on the M train <laughs> in Brooklyn. No, there's some there's some screenshotted tweets that I'm like. Oh, I hope the Republicans never see this. Exactly, exactly. Because sometimes they're right. I mean, and we will talk about that as we get to Burning Man. I'll talk about sometimes Republicans being right. I love a boat. I love a boat. And I hate ethical non-monogamy. I mean, listen, mm-hmm. <laughs> sometimes they hit a broken clock's broken. I don't like the idea of a circle jerk at Burning Man at 7 a.m. either. No. So maybe I should move to Alabama and vote Republican. So before we get into our headlines today, a kind of button on an issue we talk, sort of an issue we've been talking about the past couple episodes. If you've been listening to our episodes or you are a fan of women's sports, the name Jorge Vilda will be familiar to you. That is the coach of the Spanish women's soccer team. So not even maybe the most problematic person, most problematic man associated with the women's soccer team in Spain. This is not the man who forcibly kissed a a player and is denying it and trying to sue her. This is the coach who we originally talked about who was just like an asshole. Wouldn't let them lock their doors. Uh, He has been, he has been fired. So God, I mean, that's a workplace I'm glad to not be a part of. I hope he enjoyed uh, his Labor Day, but Jorge Vilda has been fired. Spain, the Spanish women's soccer team. Hopefully they will also get word that the Federation president is no more or is fired. I guess I hope he survives, but they will have a new coach of the Spanish team and the American teams. Just a lot of a lot of things changing for for the for the athletic girlies, but they yeah. deserve it. I mean, I'm glad he got fired, but I imagine that he was like, "Me? <laughs> it's me. <laughs> I'm the one who's out. I thought that my scandal was old news." <laughs> right. I didn't um, grab my crotch. Yes, yeah, and like, as Taylor Swift says, "It's you, shape your body. Mm-hmm. It's you." Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Um, 
he needed but i wonder now i'm gonna put the tinfoil hat on because this is betcha's sub conspiracy theory i'm Mm -hmm. kidding Mm -hmm. but i'm like i wonder if his firing because he he didn't stand with luis rabulis uh, no, you're and, right. And again, I yeah, he he was vehemently like, no, it's wrong to not because it's okay to steal doors from my players and disrespect them, but it's wrong to forcibly kiss them. Mm-hmm. So I wonder. But the soccer federation stood with Luis, mm-hmm. so I'm wondering if that is interesting. They were like. Jorge, you yeah. gotta go. They're like, we need to give them a head. Let's we need see a if we can. Lamb. Let's see if they'll take Jorge. If we can just, yeah. And we're mad at you for actually like other reasons. That mm-hmm. is interesting, and honestly, I believe it. <laughs> and let me tell you, I was saying this earlier. Jorge Vilda, he looks like a novella villain in that he's attractive but evil, and mm-hmm. that is what I'll say about that. Mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. and uh, you know yeah. in true form listen if this was a male podcast we'd be ranking every player of every <laughs> you know what i mean but this isn't this is a female podcast so we're gonna say looks hot but evil yes and evil if it was a male-led podcast we probably perhaps would um not be willing as i have been to mm-hmm. to suggest they have affinities outside of the traditional gaze okay yeah, that's so true. you're no, getting I a said, lot here i said that i would <laughs> smash guy fieri <laughs> <laughs> Hey, American Fever Dream listeners, I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift. Because now you can use Gift Mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone for any occasion. And it's easy. You just tap or click Gift Mode in your Etsy app or Etsy.com and then answer a few questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And Gift Mode instantly gives you a curated gift idea list based on hundreds of personas. Now it is simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a Mother's Day gift for the quilter or a birthday present for the vintage hunter, there is something for everyone on Etsy. Some of my favorite things to do are go to Etsy gift mode and then search absurd things like what kind of gifts do you have with Walter Cronkite on them? What kind of gifts do you have for dachshund owners? There's jewelry, ceramic, toys, board games, all kinds of fun stuff. A gifting moment is always right around the corner, whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you. Gift mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try gift mode on Etsy now. Today's episode of American Fever Dream is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you. It's Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription rental service, and for just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles. They also have inclusive sizing, up to 5X, as well as petite and maternity. You get fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning and newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. No laundry for you to worry about. This is the best. You just put it back in your box, send it out, and before you know it, you've got your next one. And you always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. I bought the Rachel Antonoff pasta puffer from them. I was obsessed with it, like everybody who tries it is, and it was completely sold out everywhere else. So I felt like I really, really had an in there. So thank you, Newly. Newly is an amazing value at $98 a month for any six styles. And right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code FeverDream20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's Newly with two U's and enter the code FeverDream20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com. Newly with two U's with code FeverDream20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. 
Speaking of um, attractive but evil people, the headline of the weekend came, of course, out of Black Rock City, Nevada. This is where Burning Man is hosted on a yearly basis. So, gals, how would you describe Burning Man to the aliens if they asked what Burning Man was? Well, this is what I would say. I would say on planet Earth, there's a thing called cultural appropriation. (laughs) And a lot of people, you know, it usually happens with you know, minority culture, you know, whatever. But Burning Man is the one time of year where people culturally appropriate alien culture and they make weird installations and do things to get attention from aliens. <laughs> That's what I, I think that that is a great explanation. I think what I would say is like Burning Man is a gathering Mm-hmm. <laughs> of mm-hmm. some of our strangest humans and richest and well that started as kind of alty anti-establishment humans playing at creating their own society where they get to do drugs and burn shit mm-hmm. and now has kind of developed into Still some of those people, but also a bunch of really, really rich people trying to pretend like they could survive Mm -hmm. the apocalypse on their own, um, which they could not. Mm -hmm. (laughs) If I were to hear this as an alien, I would be like, what has happened to your society where wealthy, well-homed people (laughs) are going into the mud? But that's kind of what's interesting about this story is that this did kind of start out as something that like a lot of people go that do not have money. They live in they live in their car all year. And mm-hmm. like they're very prepared for that scenario. Whereas like now people go that have a lot of money. I'm sure you can get like a Burning Man consultant who mm. builds something for oh, you. I'm like sure. I don't think Diplo and Chris Rock and and the Supreme Court lawyer were really like roughing it that much until they had to leave. So what happened this time was that 73,000 people, all of the attendees, were caught in super tough conditions, with many of them taking a six-mile wet and dangerous hike out. Um, I talked to somebody there who said it's, like, not as miserable as, like, people were making it seem, but that it was not pleasant. <laughs> Obviously, that's not what you're expecting or hoping for, especially if you go and you are, like, I. the person I know that goes is, like, she's, like, a wealthy, like, lawyer. Like, I can't imagine she generally allows herself to be in these conditions. <laughs> like, I yeah. think it's, so it's, it's not ideal, but, like, there were some reports going around that there was like Ebola and standing water, which was not accurate. <laughs> yeah. Somebody did die and we still don't know how. Sorry to say that as you were still laughing. Yeah. No, well, I do think yeah. I got like, I got some like submersible vibes from this entire yeah. story yes. because it was very like, oh, we're laughing. It's funny. It's funny. Someone has passed and now yeah. it's actually not. Uh, it, the, the laughter has had to cease. People might die every year though. Like it's not a great... People yeah. die every day. Yes, <laughs> people on Earth die every day. Yes. No. Burning no but, <laughs> well, what happened is that Burning Man is in the middle of the desert, and it is on a dried-out lake. And what happened is they got like record rain. Yeah. So what happened was the 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 entire I guess floor of the lake absorbed the water and turned it into really thick dangerous mud that even felt like quicksand and oh you know or would cake yeah. on and be very very heavy so i know you're gonna talk i hope there's li- no kids in there like no there's no, there's there's, no i mean it's not a kid-friendly place yeah i, I, I hope will they're say, not allowed yeah definitely I, not a kid-friendly this is the stuff like what republicans say that drag queens are doing is actually what people are doing at burning man and it well, contained yeah i mean th- well I, I will say 
A few years ago, I went to the White House, like just to visit with family. Mm -hmm. And across there's that Smithsonian Museum. Mm -hmm. And it was so crazy because the exhibit they had was Burning Man art. Hmm. So it was basically replicating the art installations in Burning Man at this museum. And if you've ever been to, like, Vegas, they have, like, Meow Wolf or, like, it's basically big. I mean, the same thing, kind of like that Van Gogh shit that people pay $60 mm-hmm. for for the screensaver experience. Um, I have. Yeah. I mean, I pay 60 whatever. Um, listen, don't. I'm not making fun of anyone. I went to Madame Tussauds. Like, I can't say shit. We have to entertain ourselves. Yeah, we got to. Listen, people Amusements die every day. As says. <laughs> people die every day. No, but it's just cool. So on top of, like, that whole renegade alternative shit, it's really cool art installations that are interactive. Yes, totally. That is one of the appeals. But yes, there was this really like the caked on mud would sink you. And if you're not actually like health healthy or you don't have the right shoes mm-hmm. or the right attire to trek mud, which you probably don't because you're going to a desert, you could be very, very dangerous. And mm-hmm. that's like and then also like, yeah, I and saw cars the can't drive out because cars the mud is out. actually so heavy that it's like your your car can't make it through that mud either so it kind of created this situation where like even the rich people who have like the fancy rv accommodations were also stuck so now we've got like chris rock and diplo walking Mm -hmm. out with like cindy crawford and kaya gerber (laughs) and getting picked up on the side it's it is really crazy yeah i know but yeah but it's like some people are in these rvs etc so you've got like some level of shelter but other people are just in full-on tents and stuff so Mm. those people are definitely in a way or were i think they're finally able to like start leaving now we're in like a way worse situation as far as like what was going on well yeah apparently it was like it rained really bad one day and then they're like you can't leave until it dries out some people didn't want to wait and they like walked six miles because there's only one lane to get in and out. And then what happened was as soon as it started drying out, another rain happened. So they mm-hmm. had to wait for that to dry out. And that's why people are leaving. Now. Yeah. Yeah. The the coverage definitely was giving submersible, especially like trying to explain to some politicians who potentially maybe needed to get involved if things escalated or like I was just worried like in the I mean, these people are pretty calm. I think that's like the idea of like a person personality trait if you go. But like that's what I wouldn't go to this. I would be I would be like and I would not be OK. I would be spiraling like I was just nervous if this keeps going on. Like what are people going to do? Are they going to get desperate? But the kind of joke of the weekend was that uh, Joe Biden was briefed on the situation <laughs> over the weekend. Uh, some politicians that did not know about this were informed. We're looking at a tweet from um, Republican Senator Mike Lee, who tweeted an article about Burning Man just with the text, this isn't healthy. God's judgment is real. Now, this <laughs> article, I do not know if it's legitimate. It says that this year's events hosted daily morning circle jerks, literal cockfighting competitions. Um, I mean, it's Burning Man. People are having group sex. People are doing drugs. That's why people go. They want to do that in a place where that's accepted and that's that's what you do. And if everyone's on the same page, then great. I Group sex doesn't sound fun to me in a mud pit, but yeah, I'm definitely not. I I am not constitutionally someone who can go to Burning Man. I was telling Amanda before we got on, I'm allergic to dust, so I'm not. I'm not going to be at Burning Man. But if a bunch of people who aren't allergic to dust and want to do morning circle jerks want to yeah, go into a dry me. lake bed and do that, that's I, I I say live and let live. 
I am. I do think it's interesting. There was like a lot of discourse around like, I guess there was like a climate protest before Burning Man. And like they, you know, all the climate protesters were ejected. But now people are really worried about like just all the crap that's going to be left in the mud and all the like dirt and kind of like trash and garbage that's going to be left behind by the festival this year in particular, which feels yeah. a little bit like against the ethos of Burning Man. But then people are also talking about how because of all like because of the like surge of tech bros that go, the ethos of Burning Man isn't the like hippie dippy thing that it necessarily always was anymore. Yeah. So, so yeah, there's like one road that lets you in and out of the area that Burning Man is in. And there were climate protesters blocking that road. They literally got ran over by like, I mean, all of them survived, but like there are videos of cops, like pushing them out of the way and making wow. room and all this stuff. And yeah, like, because, you know, because of the, the private jets that go out to black rock city and all mm-hmm. the trash and debris usually that go out. But yeah, especially with like, you know, people like Diplo and Kaya Gerber that are ab- abandoned their RVs to leave. Yeah. What is going to happen? Yeah, that trash these, is like, just fucking part of the earth now. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, the pictures were tough. Yeah. It's an ironic, like, it's ironic that the climate protesters mm-hmm. were trying to warn them. You know what I mean? Right. Um, oh, my God. Talk about schadenfreude. But it's also like, I mean, okay. First of all, with to the Mike Lee of it all, it's like, yeah, if it's not your thing, just like leave it alone. I don't know. Like these Republicans always try to be like, don't censor me. Don't tread on me. Don't whatever. But as soon as someone does something that they don't like, they fucking go crazy. And it's like, I thought you were all about personal mm-hmm. freedom and small and small government. But I will say. God's judgment is real. That's so funny. And I will use it <laughs> If all the you time. put a rubber chicken on your dick and you fight with another man with it, you are going to hell. God's judgment is real. God's judgment is real. <laughs> it's not healthy. <laughs> Honestly, actually, like, I just kind of profoundly disagree because sometimes I think, like, like there have been studies. This was in the book, I think, that Elise and I were just talking about that, like, playing violent video games for some young people is a healthy way to get out that urge. So it's like, if y'all want to go do all that stuff in the desert in a concentrated place where you're all consenting and you're nowhere near the the rest of society, I would think that, that Mr. Senator Lee, this is how he would prefer it since he seems to think that it's just happening in schools and libraries, but God forbid you go to black rock city and do it. He's still mad. So they're just going to be mad. Yeah. Yeah. Fortunately, things are, Things seem calmer now, and uh, Exodus operations have resumed. For the rest of our show, uh, we're going to give, we're going to skip our normal segments and just do a quick fall politics preview. We are the professor. This is your syllabus. Not going to get too deep into everything, but these are the things that are going to be on our radar in the next couple months. Like we said, back to school vibes. So first, you're going to be hearing a lot about a government shutdown in the next few weeks. Ugh. Honestly, I'm not even going to read my notes here. It's everything that you're expected. This is this the government shutdown is different but similar to her sister brand, the debt ceiling showdown. 
it's all just figuring out how we're going to spend our money and trying to score political points for saying, you know, our deficit is too big. Uh, we got to build a border wall before I sign a budget. Showdown, shutdowns, I think, are more likely to happen to debt ceilings because the immediate impact isn't as like cataclysmic, you know, like sometimes they start slow. They're like, we're just going to furlough these people. Um, and those people are just sort of used as pawns. So that's going to be, that has to happen. Uh, They need to come up with a spending plan by the end of September. And a very critical person in those negotiations um, has frozen multiple times. (laughs) So we don't know. We don't know. We didn't really talk about Mitch McConnell on Thursday. We had had Sam B, but um, yeah, Mitch McConnell froze again. His doctor says he's fine. I am not a doctor. I have no medical training. That man is not fine. He's not Mm. fine. He's not, not he's no. (laughs) Absolutely not. They were like, oh, he got lightheaded. I'm like, no, I've seen no. someone who's lightheaded. I've uh, I've seen that. He's not doing great. And again, it's the conversation we've had a million times. But like we. So isn't that messed I, up? Like we've I know, had this conversation a million times. Like he froze again. That's like what a phrase to read about one of the most powerful people in your nation. The the he only froze, froze the only frozen he needs to be doing is to let it go. Let and it fucking, go. <laughs> and, and fucking I, quit. Yeah. I please. I and I actually like I genuinely don't understand what is going on like with him remaining other than just truly the desire to stay in power until your last breath, breath. on this earth because with Diane Feinstein, who also should retire, but we can't, she can't now because for whatever fucking reason, the Democrats let her be on the Senate Judiciary Committee. And now if she steps down, even though Gavin Newsom can put in her replacement, Republicans have to agree to replace her on the committee, which they're mm-hmm. obviously never going to do. So now we have her literally, I mean, halfway out the door, Completely. is all I'm going to say. <laughs> People telling her vote yes on stuff like it's not yeah. good. But with Mitch McConnell, because I was like, oh, maybe it's because Kentucky has a Democratic governor. And so they don't want like a demo like that, like Andy Bashir. I thought so, too, but him. I looked it up and I- that's wrong. Yeah, it's wrong. Yeah. Kentucky is one of the only states where you have to replace. It's either like the republic. It- it's something where like that's not how it happens. So the state legislator can legislature can give Andy Bashir the Democratic governor, three names, and they have to come from the same party as the outgoing senator. So I've given, I've said on this podcast before the opposite, but in Kentucky, no, he can go. It just won't be him. It won't be no. Mitch McConnell. So with him, it's literally that he wants to remain in power until he is no longer with us. Mm-hmm. Like, and he's, He's almost no longer with us as we've seen. He's He's been leaving and coming back. A couple more weeks. He's he's in in and out. Yeah. With that vacation away message. Yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. Oh, God. Yeah. No, I've never seen anything like what that man is experiencing. So that's going to be a, apparently they only have like actually like 11 days in the office between now and the end of September to to get this done. It's going to be. It's going to be really annoying. It's going to be a lot of breathless coverage of stuff that doesn't really matter or is not going to last more days. than a 24-hour news cycle. What the fuck are these people? God damn. Because well, they were gone They were just on August. a month-long break. Yeah, yeah, of course. They were just on a month-long break, and now we're only in the office for 11 days in September. I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Well, they have their doctor's appointments, so. Well, well yeah, and those are vital. Yeah. They cannot be skipping <laughs> that. No, I mean, otherwise they're, they're, they're not coming back. So that is September. And in the following months, we're going to be looking at a few more super consequential state level elections. Where are the rights of women and LGBTQ folks in that state will depend on the outcome. 
let's start in Virginia. I feel like we were just talking about Glenn Youngkin's election. Democrats, you know, found some success statewide statewide there in 2020, but lost the governor's mansion, of course, to Glenn Youngkin in 2022. Right now, Virginia state legislator, legislature is split between Republicans and Democrats. Uh, Republicans control the state assembly. Democrats control the state Senate. And again, the governor's a Republican. Republicans are going to try to wrestle that control of the state Senate from Democrats. And if they can, then Glenn Youngkin will have a much clearer path to implement his agenda, which includes a 15-week abortion ban, rollbacks on gun safety reform, and changes to LGBTQ protections. This guy also talked a ton about parents' choice. I think that helped him get elected, so we can expect to see a lot of educational weirdness there. So this is scary for all of us, not just because we love Virginians and we don't want to see them lose their rights, but we also remember how Ron DeSantis really built his national profile to aid in his presidential campaign. And I think people are thinking that Glenn, Glenn Youngkin could maybe do that maybe in time for next year. Like give Glenn Youngkin a Republican-controlled legislature, let him turn his state into his vision for the country, and then maybe he's the Trump alternative uh, for 2024. And I think he's a much more compelling Trump alternative for Republicans than Ron DeSantis. So a lot of kind of factors in that, you know, allowing, I think Virginians are super engaged. Their turnout has been crazy good. This is definitely an election where like, should Glenn Youngkin win, you could see a a Youngkin-Biden matchup yeah and virginia is one of the it's it's like down to virginia in the south i think depending on the outcome of like some court stuff in florida like virginia is one of the last abortion havens in the Mm. area too so it would be really uh unfortunate and virginia is very much a swing state it has been for a while i mean it keeps going blue in the dump in the like presidential election but like I, you know, I lived in Virginia for most of my life and it is very like, it's an interesting place politically. Like they'll be liberal, they'll vote conservative. It's Mm. very like on the line as far as like different motivating factors. Northern Virginia and Southern Virginia are really, really Really, different. Really, really different, yeah. Different demographically, different like just politically in general. So it's yeah. very interesting. And I think some of those seats in particular, there's not a lot of seats up actually, but the ones that are, are some of those swingy ones. A lot of the ones that are like, these are the ones that always vote like with the president, like they vote the same this as they did for the president. So they tend to go to go back and forth a lot. Yeah. Lots yeah. at stake in Virginia. Yeah. And you know, remember Youngkin really got his success from being very bold about CRT and like targeting suburban mothers. So it's really interesting as it'll be really interesting to see as he tries to keep their votes with an anti-abortion message, Mm -hmm. because we've already talked about how, even though (laughs) a lot of these suburban mothers have concerns about, race and all this bullshit they do tend to not want to ban abortions so exactly that's such an interesting yeah. point interesting. yeah this will yeah. be kind of i might be wrong but it, i mean ron DeSantis did like win his election right but this will be one of the first times that kind of an actual swingier state chimes in on the possibility of a 15-week abortion ban states have like pretty been pretty unequivocal about like no bans bans mm. off our bodies even all states republicans try to spin 15 weeks as you know not that big of a deal it'll be interesting to see if those swing voters like millie said are able to like let their investment in that issue go because they like something else that republicans are are giving them yeah it's also interesting like because he 
he definitely won on a message that was centered around schools, the CRT mm-hmm. thing, but he also bundled that with like keeping schools open, COVID mm-hmm. related stuff. So it's like yeah. now that that's not really in the forefront of people's minds and parents' minds, and he's not mm-hmm. able to bundle it with this issue that isn't really like. Uh, that doesn't fall on party lines as far as like keeping schools open. Mm-hmm. Like parents were, you know, they had legitimate reasons to want schools to come back open. And some people, whatever, just had different feelings about that. So it is interesting. Like he's not going to have this kind of less politicized issue to like bundle all of his other stuff with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. That's, so that's so, kind that'll of be interesting. so fascinating in a lot of those races. I noticed like during the Republican debate, a couple of them even brought that up. And it's like, this was this policy hasn't been in effect for years. You need to stop saying Anthony Fauci's name. He is a private citizen, please. So some other big races we're looking forward to are in Louisiana and Kentucky. They are both red states with Democratic governors. And both states have gubernatorial races this year. So we'll start with Louisiana. That governor is Democrat John Bell Edwards. I mean, Democrat. I mean, in name only kind of. He's mm-hmm. he's stopped some terrible things from happening and he's allowed and um, aided in terrible things happening, namely an abortion ban. He signed that abortion ban. He's against abortion. Talks all the time about how he and his wife almost aborted their child, but now it's their daughter. And everybody is, has the same circumstances as we do. So keep mm-hmm. your babies. He has vetoed, I believe, some anti-trans legislation. You know, it's good to have a Democratic governor, even if it's an anti-choice one. It's better than a Republican in a lot of ways. Um, That's going to be tough to keep that governor's mansion blue. The Democratic candidate is a guy named Sean Wilson. He was the state's transportation secretary. He's African-American. He's been a bit dodgy about his views on abortion because he probably knows that that's risky in the state. He said, I mean, but I don't know. I just said that. But like Millie just said, like every state, even red ones are like, fuck you. We want abortion. Yeah. He's basically like he says he he personally believes in abortion access only to rape victims and in cases of medical emergencies. But I don't believe um, he's really said much about what his policy would be. I think he would try to expand or, or try to make sure the abortion ban there. I think he's sort of like I'll slowly kind of open it back up. And he's probably saying that to to win. But yeah, Louisiana has a Democratic governor, but unlikely to keep it given that um, that Democrat is not a real Democrat. My thing is like. Whoever he's running against, like the Republicans are going to paint you as a pro-abortion. Yeah. You'll chop a baby's head off as it's crowning, yeah. like whatever. <laughs> I mean, literally, this, these yeah. are the things that they I say. Like, <laughs> like you're pro-aborting um, a baby at 42 weeks. It's like, no, that's a born baby. Like, what are you no. fucking talking right. about? No. Um, no. You would throw a baby off a balcony. What are you talking about? But anyway, <laughs> like, <laughs> so it, I'm just yeah. like. Just go all in, babe. Go all yeah. in, support it. Say, I don't want to be an abortion because guess what? They're painting you with that brush. Yeah. Either way. Even and, like well, we've seen the- like, oh, sorry. There's also like a racial component of like, yeah. if he's black and pro-abortion, that will be harder for mm-hmm. moderates to swallow. I feel, you know, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. And we talk like there's all, all these like black Democrats have to come out as pro-police or blah, 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 just to not scare this middle thing mm-hmm. that's like, well, we don't want too radical. It's our, like already him being black is already radical enough for people. They can't handle, I, I feel like yes, he feels definitely. this way, but yeah. in many other places, like I don't necessarily feel like that's the case. Like mm-hmm. you've, you've seen in other places where there have been really like black progressive people that have seen success, but maybe that's the thing about Louisiana. Mm -hmm. But the thing is Louisiana is like 
has a really high black population. You know, right. What I mean? That's yeah. why I mean, it's. I think the way that Democrats have won before is because, like, literally, they need about ninety five percent of the population of the black population, excuse me, of, of the black vote to win. And John Bell Edwards did currently Wilson is polling there. So as you were talking, Millie, I was thinking like his campaign probably thinks that he is less likely to lose those voters by coming out as a little weird, a little opaque on abortion and more likely to pull in. He needs something like, you know, 35% of the white vote and it's, it's Louisiana and it's, it's very red. So it's pretty tough for him to get that. That's going to be tough. Kentucky is a little bit more, is a little bit more likely to stay blue. Kentucky is also a red state. It's Mitch McConnell's red state, and it has a Democratic governor named Andy Bashir. He is running against Daniel Cameron. Daniel Cameron will be running as the Republican. If that name sounds familiar to you, it's because Daniel Cameron was the prosecutor who really like made a name for himself, really was proud of his decision to not prosecute the police officers who killed Breonna Taylor. He did prosecute them uh, for shooting into her neighbor's window, but never declined to offer like hire a special prosecutor. Basically, nobody was happy how with how he handled that. He is basically running by inflaming the culture wars. Uh, His favorite line is asking if Andy Bashir is running for governor or the lead on the Bud Light marketing team. He has said that a few times. I think this race, you know, people like Andy Bashir. There are other factors in Kentucky. I mean, I hear a lot about poverty in Kentucky, but I was reading today that, you know, they have a surplus. Economically, people are doing better than they expect. Republicans in that state are sort of like not interested in the culture war if there's money in their pocket. Um, I haven't seen Andy Bashir. It's like he doesn't really show up in the sort of culture wars on our end. And that's probably good for him. I'm not posting a bunch of Andy Bashir clapbacks at this you know, whatever. And that's probably good for, you know, a Democratic governor of of Kentucky. So those are those are the big elections we have in the next couple of months. Really big ones. Definitely going to forecast for uh, for 2024. But we got to deal with these first. I know. I know. Oh, and the Republicans in the House want to impeach Joe Biden. Oh, God, I can't even engage with (laughs) that. I'm like, I'm like, that's also this fall. And Ken Paxson's impeachment is happening right now. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which we will which we will uh, summarize on Friday. But that's our show for now. Please remember to rate and review and make sure you're following us on Instagram if you don't already. Sometimes I look at the listens for the show and it's more Instagram followers than I have. That ain't right. Follow me. Follow Elise. Follow Millie. Mm-hmm. We're, I'm going to try to get better on Instagram. I need to be more present on Instagram. I realize the way people actually communicate is like they post on their Instagram stories and then you chat with each other. And I was like, why don't I talk to anyone anymore? I think I need to post on Instagram stories. Yeah. So, I heard a commercial for Instagram the other day, and that scared Whoa. me. I was like, something's go." I was like, Meta's in crisis. If there's this a was not sponsored. <laughs> me telling you to follow us was not sponsored. No, yeah, I was listening to a podcast, and they were like, Instagram is a place where you connect with friends. I was like, is That's this a commercial so for Instagram? That is, I don't like that. I was like, that. TikTok's coming. Yeah, TikTok's definitely. coming. Oh, my God. <laughs> Until the end of democracy, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Millie Tamaris. And this is the Betches Up Podcast. Bye. The Betches Up Podcast is produced by Amanda Duerman, Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales Pico, and Rebecca Sousmacat. Editing by Rebecca Sousmacat. Social media by Amanda Duberman and Bridget Swartz. Be sure to follow at Betches underscore Sup on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send us your emails at suppod at betches.com. Betches.